Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Matthew West Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew West, and as always, I really hope you like it. Thank you for joining me. Happy summer to you. I hope your summer is in full effect and going well. Before we get started today, can we just talk for a second about the Titanic vessel or the the vessel that was going down to visit the Titanic? I've been mildly obsessed with that story the last couple weeks and uh, of course the search for the people very sad ending I mean I'm sure the families are heartbroken very sorry to hear that they didn't make it but uh, gosh I mean did anybody else just read about the story and like get claustrophobic or realize maybe you never realized before you were claustrophobic and then you started reading that story and holy cow I mean I just uh, it was Unbelievable. Really no point to that story other than I just read an article about it and it was kind of freaking me out. Not going to lie. That's why I like to stay on the beach. On the beach. Speaking of which, the West family getting a little summertime vacation in. But uh wasn't going to stop me from doing this podcast. <laughs> Silly. Here I am. Ready to rock. Man, it has been so busy. It's not like a slow summer. It's uh of course, New York was a blast. Father's Day weekend was amazing. And then I think this past week I had a record of how many songs written in one week for me. Nine songs I wrote this past week. Can't wait for you to hear them. Can't tell you what they're for. Big surprises. Speaking of music, I want to give a shout out to my friend Tasha Layton. She just released a brand new song that we wrote together called Never. I need to have her back on the show. We'll talk about that song. Looking forward to that. It's a powerful song. We got to write it here at the Story House. And uh, just a reminder of God's faithfulness um, and uh, his answers always never, never forgotten, never forsaken. So go and listen to Tasha Layton's new song, Never, and let me know what you think, okay? Hope you love it. Go support Tasha Layton. She's amazing. So good stuff going on right now. Special announcements being made. Hope you're getting ready for the fall tour. And uh, go to MatthewWest.com for some exciting updates there. Uh, Also at MatthewWest.com, you can uh, maybe you're still looking to get your tickets for the Come Home for Christmas weekend, December 1st through the 3rd. It's going to be epic. It's going to be the most epic Christmas extravaganza. The second annual Come Home for Christmas in Franklin, Tennessee. If you'd like to come and visit me in my stomping grounds, you know, bring your spouse, your sprouts too, uh, bring your spouse, your family, whatever. Uh, there, there are we're, we're running out of tickets is what I'm trying to say. So don't delay. Go today to MatthewWest.com. Get your tickets for Come Home for Christmas, uh, December 1st through the 3rd. It's going to be a special Christmas concert at this epic theater, Christmas dinners together, lots of surprises, it's going to be part of a Christmas tree lighting downtown Franklin. 
for those who were there last year, you already know what a special event it is, and I can't wait to share this with even more people this Christmas uh, 2023. So uh, lots of great things going on. Today, though, um, we kind of had this idea. I don't know if you knew this, and maybe this sounds weird, but I listened to my own podcast um, to go back and just listen to interviews I've had um, because I've gotten so much out of the different guests that I've had. And there's uh, some interviews that I return to more than others. And and today we're going to revisit, you know, one of the hidden gems of a previous episode. You're going to get the chance to hear a conversation I had with an incredible author, pastor, speaker, uh, someone whose books have inspired me in a big way. And uh, I'm excited for you to hear this conversation. Um, this is one that I've returned to a handful of times. Just the way this guy views the world, the way that he lives his life is... Uh, is just as you can tell by this conversation that we're about to have you're going to be able to tell it it had an impact on me and that's why i've revisited it and that's that's why i wanted to revisit it with you today so uh let's go to the story house once again with uh john eldridge what is my life that i get to speak to somebody whose writing has inspired me greatly welcome to the matthew west podcast the great john eldridge john on a scale of nine to ten what's your level of enthusiasm for being a, a guest on on my podcast which i'm sure you've never heard of oh it's 11 buddy it's 11 it's, yeah come on i'm i'm <laughs> stoked i really am uh well i am that makes two of us then i'm so glad to have you on the show and we're we're getting to talk to each other at a pretty cool time which you have just released an amazing new book which i love the word resilient but uh how does it feel to is, is it old news for you like as an author you've released several books um i'll brag on you because i would never expect you to do it yourself but you've sold millions of books right so you've you've done this before tell me the feeling that comes over you or what's the emotion that rises up on the day that another book releases? Is it just another book or is it still that same excitement that I tend to feel when I release a song after all these years? Yeah, it's not brand new, but what I'm stoked about is the help. See, I'm a therapist at heart. I'm a, I'm a counselor at heart. I just want to help people. I just love people and I want to see them get better and get well, be wholehearted. So when I have something new coming out that I know will help them, I'm stoked. I feel like I, it's Christmas Day for them. <laughs> yes. You know, like I just can't wait for folks to unwrap the present. Oh, man, that's awesome. I, I wondered if that was the case, and I had a feeling it was. And the book is called Resilient, Restoring Your Weary Soul in These Turbulent Times. We have much to talk about today, and I'm excited to to dive in. I have to start by giving you a little insight into i wonder if you've heard this from songwriters before too where your gift of words your teaching through your books like you know I, there's different authors i've read at different times that have wound up like fueling inspiration when i'm going to write songs and so you know a friend of mine mark schultz yes and uh, i think he's come to one of your uh, retreats before in the mountains he was telling me about it yeah that's right and i think he was actually coming back from one of those retreats and we were both like reading just and reading and rereading your book wild at heart and we were like we need to write a song called wild at heart and i remember we sat down and we wrote this song i'm pretty sure it never saw the light of day but just so you know like you had inspired a couple of songwriters that day to uh to rise up and write this anthem that and some anthems are not meant for the whole world but that day they were meant for me and mark schultz and you had a hand in that 
Yeah, it was something on your heart. That's really good. And you put it there, you know, just uh, so it's pretty exciting to be able to talk to you today. All right, I'm done. Uh, I'm done germing. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but but I just want to say and and look at the growth of your life since then. Look at the trajectory of your life. Look at all the people that you're helping. That's really beautiful. So one of the things I love about doing this podcast is there's people who have spoken to me from a distance through the page or through their own music or whatever their platform might be. And then for one moment in time, our stories get to collide and we get to have a conversation and I get to kind of hear what makes you tick and, and the heart behind the guy who wrote Wild at Heart and all these amazing books. So it's so great to be able to talk to you today and uh, welcome to the show. This book, Resilient, I love the subtitle, Restoring Your Weary Soul in These Turbulent Times. I just have a hunch that maybe these last couple of years served as the inspiration and the fuel for the why of this book called Resilient. You think so? <laughs> Yeah, just a now, bit. But you live in the mountains of Colorado. You were surely you were shielded from all the turbulent times the rest of the world was facing. Oh my gosh, I'm still clobbered from it. Are you? I, oh yeah, because you know we'll get into this in in our conversation. But it tapped everybody's reserves out, and so yeah, we're back. You know, we're you've got tacos and you know concerts and it's the kind of thing. But man, I can feel my my reserves are pretty depleted from it all. Well said, and. How does that affect, because here we are, I mean, just weeks ago, not even weeks, but days ago, this is something that's been on my mind, thinking this conversation was coming, like we watched what just took place in Texas, another shooting, and I hate to say the word another because I don't want to lessen the significance of it, but the reports coming in of how many children were killed, It when you talk about um, our reserves being depleted, it makes it even more difficult to deal with the bad news that doesn't stop coming because the the trouble of our world doesn't seem to rest and therefore it, it doesn't give us the chance to rest, does it? Yeah, see, we need to talk about trauma today because trauma doesn't harden you to future trauma. It actually sensitizes you to it. And one of the phenomenon that's going on right now, I don't know a single therapist in, in my whole world of contacts that has an opening right now. I don't know where to refer anybody. And the New York Times just, they ran an article on this saying the mental health industry is absolutely overwhelmed right now. And the reason is that when you go through something like a global pandemic, two years of, you know, the, the hostility, the anger, the politics, all that stuff, it sensitizes you. And so now everybody's saying, well, I need to go talk to somebody about something from my childhood not about the pandemic, right? It, it's that it sensitizes you to other trauma. And then you hear a story like the, the school and, and the number of, wow. Yeah, um, can't really speak without crying about that. That is so heartbreaking. And it just taps into all the heartbreak then, right? It's just what, it's like a big bucket of heartbreak. And this is why learning to find the resilience that Jesus is able to bring to the world, it's so important right now, Matthew. I, I know you know that, but you're right. It's like, here we go. Here is another story. I think your emotion in talking about what just took place we can all relate to. And 
it's interesting that you're talking about like the current moments in our lives that we're experiencing a trauma are unlocking this awareness that we need to deal with past trauma as well. I don't know that I really put two and two together, but I do think that like one of the books that really has spoken to me in my life was uh, a book called the way of the heart by Henry now. And it talked about yes. the, the importance of silence, solitude and prayer. And it talks about how it's so hard to sit alone and to be still with your own thoughts because there you're, it, it's the furnace of transformation. He called it where you're, you're faced with the reality of your own depravity. And, and so I wonder if like, that same discomfort I've felt in trying to be still before the Lord and facing the reality of who I am without Jesus. It's like, I don't want to deal with trauma in my life. And it's interesting that people are experiencing trauma through these last couple of years through COVID-19 and all the different things, but they're actually coming to this awareness that they need to deal with it. And they're taking the steps to do that. What do you think? Because where I come from, a lot of times it's like therapy would have a bad rap. And so therefore you would, you'd sweep it under the rug until there's a giant mound in the middle of the living room. What do you think is pushing people to actually go, no, I need to seek out the help. And the reason why I brought up that Henry Nowen book is because that was a moment for, for me where I was like, I need to fight through this. I need to be still. I need to sit still. And out of that, I came to the realization that, okay, now I need to deal with some of the trauma in my life because I was able to sit still before the Lord that long. Yes. That's a great book, by the way. I love that yeah. book. I love the phrase. He also uses the frozen heart. Mm. He talks about people with the frozen heart. They don't know what they feel. They don't know how they're doing. You ask them how they're doing and they just go, I'm fine, I'm good. But the answer is they don't know actually how they're doing. So I think the world is in global denial actually right now. Where humanity just is a really skilled at denial. We're, we, are, we are experts at it because what everyone's doing is pretending that we're good, we're fine, we're bad. Thank God that whole COVID thing's behind us. And I'm just telling you, you haven't paid the psychological bill for this yet, world. Tell me more about that. Like we haven't paid this because in what's interesting to me is you're saying that experiencing trauma doesn't desensitize us. It actually sensitizes us more. But at the same time, people are we're being more sensitized to the trauma we're experiencing, but we're acting like we're fine. Yep. That's classic human behavior. <laughs> right. Uncle Henry has a drinking problem. You know how hard this is to get Uncle Henry to talk about right. it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so let's just go gently into this. I want to point out some symptoms, and I want to see if people resonate with them. So there's the fragmented attention. H have you noticed the loss of short-term memory? Ooh. You pick up your phone to text someone, and you can't remember who it was you were going to text? Uh, yes. Right? Yeah, you go to the store to get that one thing you were so looking forward to having for dinner, and then you get in the grocery store, and you're can't remember why you went to the grocery store? Okay, so yeah, the mental fragmentation is a classic symptom of trauma. Okay, here's another one. Why is everybody going to bed at 8 p.m. these days? <laughs> like, everyone is going to bed early. You call people up, you're like, hey, you wanna go for a run? Let's go to a concert. And they're like, no, man, I'm kinda tired tonight. You know, maybe, maybe this weekend. Like, what is with the exhaustion? Guess what time I went to bed last night? <laughs> 8 p.m.? 8 p.m. Oh. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, okay. There you go. All right, so, you, All right. so 
I didn't know this was going to be the episode titled John Eldridge Reads My Mail. Maybe. Here's one more. I got nothing left for irritating people. That, okay. I used to have a little, you know, kind of like, well, you know, ignore that rude driver, the guy that just cut you off in the line at the store, you know. But now I got nothing. And so what those, those are all symptoms of depleted reserves. When you go through something like a, like a global pandemic for two years, you tap into your reserves. You do this for a wedding. You do it for the birth of a child. You do it to go to grad school. You probably do it when you're in a deep recording period, right? You got to really tap in. You dig deep, you get it done, you rise to the occasion, right? That's what we all did. But now our reserves are very depleted. I feel that. Don't you? Yeah, 100%. And I bet so many people listening to this are not in their heads going, okay, yeah, I can check all those boxes. There you go. So it's time to replenish our reserves. It's time to do some soul care so that we have resilience. Because what are we going to do when the next thing rolls through? Is it going to be the economy? Is it going to be another, you know, germ that goes global? I asked a friend yesterday, I said, what would you do if a new pandemic rolled through tomorrow? And this is a very resilient woman. She's like super successful, really sharp. And she said, I don't even want to think about that. Don't even talk to me about that. So there it is. Like there's the depleted. Yeah, I think we are. I oh, think that's man. the condition. Yeah, starting to see like the words monkey pox and you're just like, oh my gosh. Like if I, you know what I mean? Like it's, you're exactly right. It's that feeling of the thing that I love. And this is what I could have full confidence in in picking up a new book by John Eldridge is that John Eldridge is not going to fall in love with his own words, but he's going to point to God's word and he's going to point to scripture and the truth of scripture and the power that we can find and the resilience that we find, not when we tap into our own resources, everything you're writing about and everything you're trying to communicate with this book and in this conversation today is counter to the world's message, which is resiliency means like, hey, just pick yourself up. If you can dream it, you can do it. It's self-empowerment. It's self-help. It's when I think of the word resilient, even the way you described that woman who couldn't handle the thought of another pandemic, you think of that resilience coming from within, but you're starting this whole book and this whole conversation from the point of acknowledging that what is within us has never been more depleted than it is right now. And so where do we turn? Because if we look within and we keep trying, we're only going to find that our reserves have been depleted and we need a source greater than ourselves. So I know this book is pointing towards the resilience that Christ provides us. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Ephesians 3, Paul prays. He says, I pray that the Father, the creator of heaven and earth, would strengthen you by his spirit in your inmost being so that Christ would be at home in your hearts. I love that. I love the kindness of it. It's not a wilderness, you know, program. It's not these paramilitary camps. It, God is saying, let me strengthen you by my presence in your inmost being. I can do that. I can come, for, I can refill your reserves, gang. Will you let me do that for you? That's the gospel, man. That's the difference between the world and the good news. 
All right, in the summertime and in the spring, actually all year round, on any given day, my allergies will absolutely go nuts. We've got a couple dogs in the house as well. And I'm trying more and more just to keep the air in our home as clean as possible. And I'm realizing more and more how important that is. Did you know that Americans spend 90% of our time indoors? And according to the EPA, indoor air can be as much as 100 times more polluted than outdoor air. And that's why this podcast is sponsored by Air Doctor. You breathe around 30,000 gallons of air per day. Air Doctor filters out dangerous contaminants and allergens so your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor uses an ultra HEPA filter that's been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested bacteria and viruses. Air Doctor filters out dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust, mites, and mold. From stinky gym clothes to chemical cleaning products, Air Doctor is always on call to keep your air fresh and clean. I love it. I love it. I love it. And the reason why is back to that number, 99.99% of tested bacteria and virus. It's removing all of that from your home. Who wouldn't want that, right? Plus, the classic Air Doctor 3000 purifier is powerful enough to circulate the air in a 630-plus square foot room four times per hour. That's a lot of power in a little machine. And with Air Doctor, there's no need to worry about the noise. They use their exclusive WhisperJet fans that are 30% quieter than the fans in ordinary air purifiers, and that means you can run Air Doctor at the highest speeds while still enjoying a peaceful home environment. It's time to get peace of mind with Air Doctor. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. So head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code WEST. And depending on the model, you're going to receive up to 39% off or up to $300 off. Lock in this special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use promo code WEST. One last time, that's up to 39% off or up to $300 off. If you go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use the promo code WEST. One of the things you said about just having <laughs> little patience for the world around us too. And and we see, you know, people take that that short fuse, they take it to the streets now, they take it to traffic, they take it to uh social media, of course, right? I mean, people are popping off like crazy. We're watching it happen. Help us. Stacy, my wife Stacy, posted on her Facebook page condolences to the families in Texas. And the first response was anger and hatred by somebody saying, this is political. Instead of offering prayer, you should be offering, you know. And it was like, really people? You're that bad? I mean, whoa, you are in bad shape, folks. The math is really simple. In order to replenish your reserves, there have to be periods in your life where more is coming in than is going out. It's that simple. So you rally for recording, you rally for a wedding, you rally for a pandemic, but then you gotta have periods in your life where more, that's why people like vacation, right? Because on vacation, more's coming in than going out. You know, you're hopefully not working, you're hopefully not checking email. You're at the beach, you're at the lake, you're having fun, there's beauty, there's rest, right? Okay, so it's summer. So this is a great time to talk to people about you need to look at your summer and say, how can I have more coming in than is going out? 
Like it's real simple, folks. This isn't rocket science. <laughs> but it seems so difficult too. Why? <laughs> Why? How have you been able to do that in your life? Like, I mean, I know you're a mountain man. I see the beard. You got. You look the part. You. Which everybody. When I think of John Eldridge, I think of the mountains of Colorado. Is that a fair assumption? Yeah. Yeah. And nature is very healing. Nature is very, very healing. There's all kinds of research that shows that. If you can take a 20 minute walk each day, just in the woods or in your neighborhood, go to the park, it literally lowers the trauma chemicals in your body, the cortisol, the, the adrenaline, all that stuff. Can I confess something to you that I'll, I'll take that 20 minute walk but I'll feel like I have to be accomplishing something while I'm doing it, John. <laughs> like I, I, I'm telling you, like I'll, I'll be editing a, I'll be editing a podcast draft that's sent to me. I'll be writing a song lyric. I'll be making phone calls. And in my mind, I get to the end and I got fifteen thousand steps in, but not a moment's peace out of any of them. <laughs> you are. Yep, and you're not alone in that, pal. You are not alone I get, in that. Why do I get the feeling I'm going to need to? You, you're gonna send me a bill after this, aren't you? I'm gonna no, this, no, no, man. This is this is your this is your free session right now. That's the whole reason I wanted you on the show was because I no, but but talk. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a little treasure right now. Please do. Okay, it's called benevolent detachment. First Peter five. Cast all your cares upon Him because He cares for you. This very simple practice. When I go for that walk. Here's what I say. I say, Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. Now, I'm not asking my soul to do it for a lifetime. I'm not asking my soul to accomplish it for the whole day. But in that moment, I can do it. I can do it for a moment. I can say, okay, Jesus, the podcast, the crazy, the heartbreaking news. I just, right now, I give everyone and everything to you. And here's what happens. It actually deepens your intimacy with Christ because the chaos, the noise starts to go down a little bit and you are, you are releasing. And I call it benevolent detachment because it's not anger. It's not cynicism. It's something that's done in kindness. But you're just saying, look, I cannot save the world. And so I release all things to you right now. I do, the, I do this especially at bedtime. And then it opens you up to the presence of God with you on that walk. He's, he's right there. You're like, oh, there you are. Yeah. So these are practices that you've put in to your own daily life. Yes. And I'm just curious, like, are there big things too, like beyond the 20-minute walk or beyond that? Um, benevolent detachment before you go to bed. I love your choice of words, and I love the scripture you pointed to to back that up. Like, I'm going to guess, okay, someone who's had as much success as you've had communicating the messages that God's put on your heart. I mean, your words have resonated with the masses, and therefore there's a lot of requests that have come your way throughout the years, right? Um, I'm sure speaking engagements, I don't know how you approach it, but can you talk about like from the from the small ways of detaching to have you made bigger choices in your life to protect your reserves as well that have maybe not made sense to people around you who are maybe advising you or your team, right? 
I mean, are there some, and you don't have to talk specifics, but. Oh yeah, no, I'm happy to talk specifics. So I'm not on social media. I don't even know how social media works. Okay, so that's one choice. You really are a mountain man, John. Well, it's not that I'm a mountain man. It's that I'm a human being. I get to be human. See, I was part of how I research for my interviews sometimes is I'll go and I'll dig in to see what the latest on. And I could not. I found some John Eldridge, a college baseball player in uh, Mississippi. Uh, So you're not on any social media personally at all. Well, not personally. No. Again, the research shows anxiety and depression rise in direct correlation to how much time you spend on social media. Nobody's debating that anymore now. That's absolutely proven. Also, envy, okay? So anxiety, depression, envy, all the research shows. So why would you do that to yourself? Why why are you subjecting yourself to that? And then you're asking for tips. So I'm just gonna start giving a bunch here. So when I wake up in the morning, I do not look at my phone. I first make a cup of tea, look out the window, say my prayers. Like I just allow a DMZ between me and the world and go, you can't have me first thing in the morning. I'm not gonna, because as soon as you pick up your phone, there's the emergency text, right? There's the panic email. There's the story that's heartbreaking in the news, okay? So like, don't do that to yourself. Give yourself your morning right? Give yourself a little bit of break. And I'm talking 10 minutes, folks. This isn't hard to do, but you get to be human again. Human again. There's your next book. Go write that. That's unbelievable. And what I love is that you keep pointing towards these, like you're saying, Matthew, the little things are the big things. It's not that six month sabbatical or whatever, where we think, well, we just don't have the time or everything's going to fall through if I if I don't carry out this obligation or if I take an extended period of time away or whatever it might be. You're talking about these moment-by-moment choices. You have to. It's the rhythm of your life. And the mistake that people make, I know you love God. I know you love God. And you are trying to nurture people in their life with God. Here's the primary mistake we make. How do I fit a little bit of Jesus into my busy life, right? That's there. Everybody's like, how do I cram that in? Is it, a, is it a, a, another podcast? Is it a, a new worship song? How do I just find a little bit of God in my day? I'm like, folks, that is madness. Do you hear what you're doing? You actually start with the care of your soul. You start with your union with Christ, and then you go out from there. And you go, well, I guess I can't play on that team this fall. I can't do that because that just, I got no margin left, right? So you asked, how do I live as a famous person and still be a human being? I am the most disappointing celebrity ever. I say no to everything. I, I don't speak at anybody's conferences. I don't travel. And the thing is, I did that. I tried that life. I tried it and it's horrible. It's just horrible. And so how did you overcome the fear that you were uh, disappointing people or, you know, how do you lay down the achiever that I feel like is wanting to creep up in all of us? Yes. You shall know them by their fruit. I didn't like the fruit of it. I'm like, man, this is killing me. I am a perfectionist. I'm a hard charger. I'm a triple A kind of guy, man. I go hard at life. And I saw it wounding my children. 
I saw it really wounding my wife because she felt like, well, I have to keep up with that pace. This is now the pace of our family. Cause it, and I, ha I have an enormous capacity to get stuff done, right? Creative people tend to, to be like that. Right? I can relate to that. Yeah. Okay. But then my wife feels like, well, I have to, too. Here's another little magic. The way you treat your own heart is the way you will end up treating everyone else's. And people go, no, 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 that's not true. I'm hard on myself, but I really love people. I'm like, look, you don't know what it's like to be around you. People pick up the signals, right? And they're like, whoa, we got to really get our act together when we're around John. You know, I hate that. That's horrible. So I just started saying no to stuff. So then what is your schedule like? Any Like, can you take us inside the world of John Eldridge in, in the year of, 2022 like can like just i'm just curious like so you clearly have created space i'm struck by the irony even as you're talking when you're talking about a little bit of jesus and how we're trying to cram a little bit of jesus and the irony is it's like i stand up on stage and i sing about how jesus is everything but if i'm being honest there's a whole lot of days where i'm living what you just described to a T, like how do I fit a little bit of Jesus into all these other things that I'm doing? I've got all these other things and they're all well-intended, but how do I fit a little bit of Jesus? And it's literally like that has to be flipped upside down is what you're saying. And I'm, I just, I'm more than ever in my life. Am I aware of the contradiction of what I sing and how I live and struck by the grace of God <laughs> That he, that he doesn't give up on me, you know? So talk, just what is your life like then? Well, let's talk about how we get there first, because again, very, very simple. What we, what we began to do is ask Jesus into our calendar. So people invite us, hey, you want to come to the lake house this weekend? Stace and I pause and say, Jesus, are you in that? Is that a good idea? And he goes, no, bad idea. You need the weekend. We go, sorry, can't come. But it's also on the positive side. Like our kids are going on this vacation to the beach this summer, and they ask me, and internally I'm like, no way, man. That sounds exhausting. That's a week of babysitting for the grandparents, right? <laughs> and then we ask Jesus, and he's like, no, no, it's going to be really good. You should go. So it's both yes and no, but it's letting Christ into your decision-making. And so we'll do it with big projects. Hey, you know, we're in a huge film, so we're making a docu-series right now that we hope will land on Netflix, beautiful stories of personal transformation of men. Because with all the bad news in the world, there's a ton of good news, gang. Like Jesus is still very much at work in people's lives. Guys are getting free, marriages are getting healed. We wanna tell some good stories, but we had to ask about that. Like, do you want us to commit to that? And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm in that. So we're in a hard push, but then come July, I said no to everything in July so I could just be human and do normal. I'll answer email. I'll answer my phone. I'm not going completely, you know, to the moon, but there's a rhythm. There's a healthy rhythm. And the best way to find it is not, is not to figure it out on your own. Ask God. There it is. Back to the, uh, <laughs> the basics. <laughs> when you ask Jesus to be part of your decisions, John, Sometimes do you, do you ever feel like there's so many decisions that they're hard to take them all to Jesus? What do you do in those situations? Yeah, 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 of course. Wisdom, kindness. What will be the fruit of this is a really good one. Of course, we lean into wisdom a lot. Yeah. And just to ask ourselves, 
when that's over, the trip, the production, the filming, whatever, the conference, when that's over, will the fruit be worth it, Lord? Kind of just think about that and go, you know, there is a lot of sacrifice in life. Love is very costly. That will be worth it. I can see that. On other things, I go, no. I, I have this pond. I have this pond that I need to fix on our property. And I'm sure that it would be a blast to do it this summer, right? And I look at it and go, actually, that is going to drain all of the margin I have left. I can just look at it and go, no, don't do it, John. Back off, man. Like, don't mountain bike, take a walk, go get some tacos with your friends. Like, I can't just work all summer. The timing of which I'm talking to you, like I recently changed some plans that were going to occupy a huge amount of my time and energy. They were going to take up a good bit of my margin this fall. And uh, I wish I could tell you that it was because I had asked Jesus to be part of the decision and heard a clear no from him. I don't know that I can romanticize it or, or I don't know that I can claim that. I think there was a there was a wisdom component, but I'll be darned if it wasn't my immediate knee jerk to fill that space. Yes. So all of a sudden this margin that I just allowed to be created, it felt threatening to me and it felt like no no no, that's a vacuum that must immediately be filled. What is that inside of us that makes us panic when there is margin? You know, if we're honest, it's the search for love. It's the search for approval. We're still trying to get the affirmation that we don't feel inside. That's why we're driven. We're driven out of fear, fear of failure, fear that people won't love us if we don't come through, right? It's why we can't say no. Why can't we say no? Well, we're afraid. That I'll lose the relationship. They won't think as well of me. I mean, let's just be honest with with what's operating there. And I uh, I wonder how many people can relate to that. It's just there's something about an empty day on my calendar that makes me feel more restless than restful. <laughs> and I have to stop and acknowledge that and acknowledge the source of that and learn how to rest. In fact, my wife, she gives me such a hard time, John, because like you talked about vacation and things like, you know, the vacation that you're going to take with your family. I love that. And we'll go to the beach and my wife can sit and rest and, and read three books in a week. And I'll just be so restless at times, even on vacation. You know what I mean? And uh, while I'm supposed to be getting filled up, you know, I feel like I'm not allowing my reserves to be filled as much as they need to be. Not to mention what else is being depleted is, you know, spending all this money on vacation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> but I think she's just like, you got to learn how to relax. And so just this conversation with you today is really timely for me personally, but I have a feeling for so many people who are listening to this as well. And I have a feeling your book, Resilient, uh, is going to be a book that I'm going to need to read not just once, but twice. It's called Resilient, Restoring Your Weary Soul in These Turbulent Times. I love hearing that you're somebody, John, who struggled with that, who is a high achiever, who, you know, it's like you've been there and back. You've reached the heights of summits and you've put pressure around everybody around you to be achieving as much as you have and yet you've made a conscious decision to say that stops that stops now i'm not going to allow my reserves to be depleted i'm going to plug in like it that gives hope to me to go wait no it's possible to make 
some decisions that might not make sense to those around me, but I'm going to structure my life differently because I can't live this depleted anymore. Yeah. And gang, this isn't, this isn't the new standard now, right? Cause you could even be listening to Matthew and me right now and you can go, Oh gosh, right. I've got it. Now I've got to rest better and I got to plan better and I got to hear from God more. And now that's the new standard, right? right? Okay. Here's the beauty of the gospel. The soul is healed through union with Jesus. Union with Jesus. So when I am feeling the fear, when I, when I am pushing myself hard, when I don't know what to do with an open day, what I ask is Jesus within me. Help me with this. I need union with you here. I need you, God. I, I'm not trying to gut this out. I'm not trying to just be a more disciplined person. I actually don't like the, I don't like the word discipline. I don't like it. What I like is union with Christ. I like that very much. When the summer months are coming and you're trying to fill your kids' time, what's your go-to? Swimming lessons, art class, camp? It feels like there's so much time ahead of us and it never fails. The schedule gets as busy as usual. It's just different busy. This summer, set aside some time to slow down and focus on faith with your kids. Awana has a new subscription called Talk About, and it's a perfect way to build Bible time into your days. Just sign up, try a month for free, and when you love it, because you will love it, it's only $5.99 a month for weekly content. That's right, like scripture discussion guides, Bible activities, and even Spotify playlists to go along with the themes. You could talk faith together for hours or just a few minutes, knowing you're helping the people you love most to see and understand how God shows up every day in their lives. That's an epic summer. Visit talkaboutdiscipleship.com and use code WEST to start getting your free content this week. That's talkaboutdiscipleship.com. What's the great resignation? Well, two things are going on right now. So this is a fascinating thing. More people quit their jobs in 2021. I read this. Than at any other time since they started keeping those statistics, okay? And you're like, what is that? And I'll just guarantee you, following a global pandemic, it wasn't the moment where everybody suddenly found their dreams. It wasn't the moment everybody decided to go, you know, pursue their calling. What it is, is burnout. It's just burnout. And, and the fascinating thing about the research on burnout is it's not the major events. The main guy who did the research on burnout discovered it's a thousand small disappointments. That's a thousand little things. Wow. Yeah, right? Death by a thousand cuts. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and that was the pandemic for many people, right? Because you couldn't see your friends, so you couldn't go to your small group. And we, we couldn't even go to church, for heaven's sakes. Like, we couldn't be together. And then you're working from home. So you're on your laptop at the kitchen table, but your kids are doing their homework there. And it, it, it was all those disappointments. You didn't get to have a wedding, had to postpone it, right? All that. That's the accumulation of the depletion of our reserves. Here's the thing I'm really concerned about, if I were to put a heavy thing on the table. So the number of texts and emails that I have gotten in the last six months from mature believers. These are people who have like walked with God for decades, 30 years, who are tapping out. Spiritually or just yep. like? 
No, spiritually, just saying, you know what? I don't, I don't know that he's good anymore. I don't know that I'm in. And Paul warns about this in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. You can go read about that. He says, look, there's going to be this great tap out. As the, you know, we kind of swell towards what would be called the end of the age or the climax of the story or whatever. Before that happens, a lot of people are going to walk away. And I think it's a, it's a combination of depletion and disappointment. There's always a reason, you know, I thought I was going to get married and, and God never brought someone. We thought we were going to have a child and, and we're still fighting infertility. There's real heartache there. But what they're doing is they're walking away from God right now in actually pretty large numbers. So the great resignation is not just a term devoted to career choices. Yep. That's right. I'm very concerned about that. And you've already given such solid food for all of us listening to digest as far as like, okay, how can I, how can I restore my reserves and be in union with Christ? What do you say to somebody who's listening to us talk right now? And what you just said is literally hitting the nail on the head for where they are and what they're on the verge of resigning from. What do you say? My counsel is going to sound counterintuitive, but trust me. I want you to begin to love God in your suffering. You love Jesus right in the place of your biggest disappointments. And here's why. Because just like when you burn your hand on the stove and you pull away, it's very, very natural. When the human soul experiences pain, we pull away. We pull away from others, but especially we pull away from God. And the very moment that we need the help and the care and, the, and just the consolation of Christ, we lose it, okay? But if you will love God in your suffering, what it actually does is it opens the soul back up to the presence of Jesus so that he can meet us, help us, Heal the heartache. The enemy wants the disappointment to lead to a feeling of distance. And Psalm 34 tells us he's close to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. If you're experiencing disappointment in your own life, do not let the enemy get you to believe that lie, that distance is the next realistic, and then resigning. And that distance is not as far as you think. He promises throughout Scripture how close he is to those who are mourning, to those who are brokenhearted, to those who are experiencing disappointment. We need that reminder, and uh, I think that's powerful what you just shared. Thank you for reminding us about the enemy, too, because these feelings of abandonment will come over us, these feelings of betrayal, right? We feel abandoned. We feel betrayed by God. Go, gang, that is not his heart towards you. And that is actually not your heart towards him. That's your enemy trying to get in there and blow up the relationship. Yeah, seeking whom he may devour. I, I always think of John 10, 10, like, always feels like um, <laughs> I'm a preacher's kid. So I, I grew up with like three-point sermons, you know, but like Jesus laid out Satan's three-point plan to destroy our lives, <laughs> to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus said, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. And I feel like what you're describing here, we're chasing life to the full 
being consumed by social media, not dealing with the trauma in our lives, winding up disappointed because we're comparing ourselves to other people's lives. Like all of these things are depleting our reserves and we're experiencing anything but life to the full while pursuing everything that the world is promising will lead to life to the fullest in your brilliant and yet gentle way. Every word you've shared today has been a reminder. Hey, this is where life to the fullest is found. This is where it's it's redirection. Don't give up. Don't resign. Don't be discouraged in your disappointment. Love God in your suffering and know that he is so much closer to, to you than you think. Really powerful stuff. And I'm, I feel so honored that I've had the chance to, to share and hear you share today. And I know that the listeners um, are shaking their heads in agreement with me. Can I ask you one last question, John? I sort of end at the beginning and every guest I ask this question to, and it could be a number of things, but I asked this question about like the roots or the origins of each guest coming to a place where their faith in Christ became real to them, where union in Christ was something where you kind of had that aha moment and you felt like, I feel like God's knocking at the door of my heart and I want to be a follower of Jesus. And I call it a blue couch story because I was a preacher's kid who really wasn't concerned about a personal friendship with Jesus because it was our family job, you know, but I sat on a blue couch. I'll never forget, sat on a blue couch, turned on a TV and uh, accidentally stopped on a, a rerun of a Billy Graham crusade. And there was just a powerful moment in my life where all of a sudden Everything I'd heard a thousand times felt like I was hearing it for the first time. And every scripture I heard felt like it had my name in it, if that makes any sense. It wasn't for God so loved the world. It was for God so loved you, Matthew. And so that's that's the moment I always returned to of like when I discovered my first love. And I love to hear every guest travel back to a moment where they first realized, I know who my maker is, and I know what he says about me, and I want to follow him all the days of my life. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. So I did not grow up with any knowledge of Christianity. I had never been to church. Uh, I grew up in an alcoholic home. I became a pretty wild kid, teenager, police record, really violent, angry young man because I was so hurting inside. Got into the drug world, um, which is just a, a world of duplicity and danger. You're never safe in that world. And uh, one night, I'm sitting in my bedroom. I'm 19 years old, got kicked out of high school. And I suddenly was aware that my life was horrible to look at. It was really interesting, Matthew. What I really was aware of was I am not a loving person. I just, all my relationships are fake and manipulative. And it's just BS. The whole thing's BS. And I said, I literally said this, I said, Jesus, I don't know what to do, but I have a feeling that you do. Would you help me? And he literally walked into my life, full tilt. I mean, I, my turnaround was so radical. It was the talk of the town. Like people couldn't believe that of all people, John Eldridge had become a Christian. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's it's him. It's not religion. It's not performance. It's not even church. It's just him. It's Jesus. I want Jesus. 
for somebody listening to this conversation with John today, somebody who's on the verge of resigning from their faith even, or from life. I mean, we get so many messages from people who are so discouraged. Their reserves are so depleted. They're wondering if their life is even worth living, John. You know that as well as I do. There's something powerful when we when we hear somebody even talk about the moment of God pursuing them and and them answering yes. And even for someone out there who's a discouraged believer right now, and you're in the middle of disappointment, man, maybe there's maybe there's just a way to return and remember, just remember that moment when you first called on Jesus' name and and you felt him knocking at the door of your heart. Like he longs to be that close to you. I, a lot of times for me, it's like I think about me sitting on that blue couch as a kid. And when the enemy wants to get there to be a distance between me and God, he'll try to make me believe that I've been a million miles and a million mistakes between that kid on the blue couch and who I am today. And that's another lie of the enemy that tries to steal, kill, and destroy. But then I just love, I love when I open my Bible, when I spend time with the Lord, when I take that to Jesus and he reminds me, don't listen to that. Those are lies. Here's the truth. I am close to you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never give up on you. I know the plans I have for you present tense, looking ahead. The best is yet to come. Don't resign uh, because God still has you in the palm of his hand. So thank you for that powerful reminder today. Your book, Resilient, Restoring Your Weary Soul in These Turbulent Times. This is a book every single one of us needs to read. I personally am probably going to wind up reading it twice because I'm a slow learner, John. But on behalf of everybody listening to this and everybody who's been ministered to by your writing over the years, thank you so much for sharing your story on the pages, for living the life that you live, and for choosing to share what God puts on your heart with the rest of the world. Thanks, Matthew. Thanks for this conversation. This was really rich. I really enjoyed it. I needed it. I, uh, I did. I needed this conversation. You have no idea. So um, it, it's just another moment where like the Lord just kind of shows me, see, Matthew, I'm I'm talking to you. Like, yeah, this pod- I'm here. Yeah. Like this podcast is not just for the people who are going to listen to it today. It's it's for me, too. And uh, and for that, I'm just like I'm thankful for the grace of God and how he used you to speak into my life today. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks for your love for people. Thanks for this show. Thanks for this show that people can tap into and be encouraged. It's been a wonderful journey seeing how this show has reached out to people and the messages I get. When when I have a guest like yourself, you come on, you share honestly, you you share vulnerably, you, you share great wisdom from, a, I mean, just even sharing your story at the very end there. I love that we started, that we ended at the beginning, like to, to hear your transformation in life and then to go back and think about all the wisdom that you just shared, like, come on, who can't find hope in our stories when we get to hear what God's done in John Eldridge's life? So keep up the great work, man. I appreciate the inspiration today. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Hey, now it's time for Songs from the Story House. Today, in honor of my uh, song, You Changed My Name, is officially going to Christian Radio. It's the new radio single. I hope you're as excited as I am. It's been a powerful song to lead in worship live. It's a message of identity in a time in our world that is obsessed with the topic of identity, trying to take the control. When created beings don't believe they have a creator, they get fooled into thinking that they are the creator. And uh, we get obsessed with creating and carving out our own identities. Have you noticed that in our world? 
But if you know that you were created, then you know you have a creator. And well, who are you? Well, you are who your creator says you are. And this song is a celebration of the identity that we have in Christ, the only identity that's true. And so I hope this song speaks to you today. Dad's going to share some dad advice on this very topic, so I'm not going to say too much about it. I just want this song to minister today. Take a listen to just a little bit of this song, and then you can go stream it wherever you listen to music, Pandora, you know, uh, YouTube, there's a music video, Spotify, iTunes, all the things. Go check it out. Uh, this is You Changed My Name. My name was lost till your love reached down. You rescued me. Now my name is found. I was a slave to my sin and shame. But those chains fell off when you changed my name. You changed my name. You changed my name from too far gone to save by grace. And now I He's my dad. He gives good advice. And that's why the last segment of today's show is called Dad Vice. And here's his theme song, everybody. Get ready to sing along. He is my dad and he gives good advice. And that's why this segment is called Dad Vice. Dad, thanks for joining me as always. I know you've got some dad advice for us. But first, um, I'm going to guess that you have a dad joke that you'd like to share. Do you have one prepared? Yeah, yeah. And I... Uh, I happen to have with me too a, a special Father's Day card that says "Happy Fahahaha Father's Day" to our favorite comedian, and it was signed Matthew, Emily, Lulu, and Delaney. So yep. you acknowledge me as your favorite comedian, and people think that uh, you have a hard time with my jokes. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes you buy a greeting card. You may not, you may not agree with the what the greeting says, but. You know, but yeah, let's... It's fitting for the moment. Yeah, and you get a chance to redeem yourself. So. Okay, here we go. Why do bana bananas use sunscreen? So they don't peel. Okay, I knew that was coming. And what did Tennessee, the same thing, Arkansas? You got that one? Is that it? That's it. What did Tennessee, the same thing, Arkansas... Oh wow! <laughs> okay. Oh, my goodness. Well, hey, we got a a, <laughs> a good Devo. I have enjoyed um, doing these dad vices over all your new songs of your new album. And uh, today, real quick, we're going to cover "You Change My Name," powerful worship song on your worship album of the two sets there, and it's uh, going to be. Going to radio, or is that radio right now? Yeah, it actually just went for, well, they say, they call it going for ads, but it basically means it officially went to Christian radio, and so, um, you know, people feel free to 
call into your local station and tell them you want to hear it. But yeah, I'm very excited about this message going out into the world right now. Yeah, it, it is powerful. And every time that you and the band do this song on tour and at concerts, people just worship. It, it is powerful. And uh, Matthew, I, I've told you this before, but uh, we waited seven years uh, before you came to us and God gifted us you and that's why we called you Matthew, meaning gift from God. I probably would have called you Joseph after me, but because it was such a miracle, we didn't think we could have children, we gave you the name Matthew, meaning gift from God. Today we're going to talk about the song, He Changed My Name, and the fact is there's power in a name. God changed names in the Bible. Jacob his name meant deceiver. God changed Jacob's name to Israel, meaning let God prevail. Abram, meaning exalted father, was changed to Abraham from exalted father to father of multitudes. Sarai, meaning my princess, to Sarah, mother of princess. And then Saul in the New Testament, his name was synonymous with being a persecutor and a murderer. God changed his name to Paul, synonymous with being the greatest apostle of Jesus Christ that ever lived. So we want to talk about two things we can learn from our names being changed and God changing our name. One, he can change your name by his love and power. And here's some of the awesome lyrics that that you have put in this song. You changed my name, you changed my name from too far gone to saved by grace, and now I am forever changed, all because you changed my name. Consider this. Our names were changed from lost to found, broken to healed, slave to free, dead to alive, old to new, guilty to forgiven, too far gone to save by grace. And we can go on and on. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for it is by grace that you have been saved. And then secondly, I like the part of your song that goes, I don't have to answer to anything that the enemy or any name the enemy tries to call me. Satan is the accuser. He's a name caller. And Revelation 12.10 says that for the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down, he who accuses them before our God day and night. And the devil never tires of calling us names, names that bring us down. But Jesus comes to change our name. Some awesome lyrics again. No, I don't have to answer to any name that the enemy tries to call me, and all kinds of bad names come in our head when we think of, our, of, of what we've done in the past. I don't have to answer to any name but chosen child of God. My dad advice for today is God in his love has changed your name. He's changed your story, and you don't have to listen when the enemy calls you any other name. Today, go out and tell someone what God has done in your life today. My story, your glory. That's awesome. Thanks, Dad. Okay, that's the show for today. I want to thank you for uh, taking this summer rewind with me and listening to a great conversation with John Eldridge. 
Be sure to check out his latest book. Also, thanks so much for the support on the new radio single, You Changed My Name. I hope you're hearing it on your local radio station, if not now, very soon. Thanks to my dad as well, as always. My dad is constantly working behind the scenes, as well as my mom and a whole team of people with our ministry. It's called Pop We, and we are a community encouraging you to tell your story, encouraging you to know that you're not alone in your story. We send out a weekly devotional every Thursday that I write during my quiet times. I send it out to you, and I'd love to include you in the email list that receives that once a week. It's called Day One Devo. So please go to popwe, P-O-P-W-E dot org today. Sign up. Would you do that? If you have a prayer request, you can submit it there, and we'd love to be lifting you up in our regular prayer times as a team as well. And of course, you can share your story because that's what it's all about. It's your story for his glory. Love you guys. See you next week. Seriously, I, I, I do.